You may or may not be familiar with my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com, but um, if you're in a difficult relationship of any kind, if you're dealing with anyone that has uh, what might be considered um, mean behavior, if they're doing mean things or they're just being super challenging or super difficult and you feel like maybe you could do better or you just can't seem to get through to them or no matter what you try, you just can't communicate in a healthy way with them. If that's the case, head over to loveandabuse.com and you'll find a podcast that will help you through difficult relationships. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I want to help you learn the skill set you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. All right, I think what I'm going to talk about today has to do with a um, situation that occurs in any type of relationship that you're in, even if you're all alone. Because I hear from people that say, I'm not in a relationship, Paul. Talk about something other than relationships. Well, we all have relationships of some sort, even if that's going down to the post office and seeing the person behind the counter and talking to that person. That's a relationship. It's a connection. Even if you don't have anything in common, even if you don't talk, there's still sometimes eye contact. But you do these things in day-to-day activities. You see people in day-to-day activities. Unless you're a complete hermit, which I can totally relate to, and you don't leave your house, if you don't relate to people on a day-to-day basis, I still think it's important to understand this concept, which is uh, mean what you say and say what you mean. It's not new. You've heard that before. But what it is, it's mostly self-accountability and um, personal responsibility and creating the outcome you want. How do you do that? Well, if you mean what you say, then you'll never say, if you do that one more time, I'm out of here and not leave. If you mean what you say, you'll never say something um, you don't mean. (laughs) You'll never say something that doesn't have a follow through on it. And I know it's hard to do this every time in every situation, but a good example is when you have kids. If you don't go to bed now, you're not going to be able to play video games tomorrow. That is creating accountability for them not doing what you want them to do. The problem is sometimes, well, a lot of the times, especially as parents, is, uh, and I'm speaking from a non-parent point of view, so I know as about as much as I'm able to lift a truck. (laughs) But I do know what accountability is, and the outcomes that we get have a lot to do with our follow-through. So if you say, you're not going to be able to play video games tomorrow to your kids, and you let them play anyway, accountability is out the window, and the outcome you wanted, uh, you will not get. And I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm not saying that 100% of the time you say something, you should follow through every single time. That's not what I'm saying. If you say, if you don't go to bed now, you don't get to play video games tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes and you change your mind, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, and the kids would love you. <laughs> so I don't think it's a problem to not follow through when you say something. But here's the thing. And kids are different. They're on a different plane of existence because they're still learning. They're still pushing boundaries. They're still trying to figure out the world. And everyone raises them just a little different or a lot different. So I'm not here to say how to raise your kids, but in general interactions. 
and general interactions with people that you meet, that you know, that you love, and even the ones you don't like. The general interactions that we have with people, I think it's important to say what you mean and mean what you say and follow through on what you mean. Now, let me give you another example. Um, This happens a lot in emotionally abusive relationships. Uh, There will be the victim of hurtful behavior who says, hey, don't do that, it really hurts. And um, they might say something like, if you do that again, uh, I will X. I will leave for a week. I will stay with my brother. I will do something to show you that I won't accept that behavior. I won't accept that behavior. If you do it again, I'm doing this. I'm going to enforce accountability here. And so they do it again, maybe months later, they do it again. But instead of following through with what you said, you don't. You let it slide or you bring it up and say, hey, look, we talked about this before. I said, don't do this again. And here you are doing it again. Why are you doing it again? You're, you're hurting me or you're causing a real issue here or I'm having a challenge with this. Why are you doing it again? So instead of following through with what you said, you are now uh, bringing it up again without enforcing accountability. And again, I'm not saying you have to do this every time. But I am saying when you don't do it, especially with adults, they believe, well, in some cases, they believe they can get away with it. Especially in emotionally abusive relationships, this happens a lot. Um, But in any kind of interaction, they believe they can get away with it. It's sort of like telling the person behind the counter, I'm going to call your boss. If you say that and you don't call their boss, they're going to think they can get away with anything because they never got in trouble. They may not believe you because people who say that are just giving them empty threats. And an empty threat isn't enough for them to change their behavior. Let's just say that they're being a jerk. That empty threat is not enough to change my behavior. Sure, call my boss. Everyone says they're going to call my boss. They never do. Well, what if somebody did? Then suddenly their behavior changes. And I'm not saying that this should be used as a threat. I mean, this is something that should be legitimate. You shouldn't treat me this way. So if you continue treating me this way, this is what I'm going to do. And then do it. If you don't do it and it happens again, I would ask, you know, this is going to be tough. Whose fault is it? You said you were going to call their boss, and then you go in there and they treat you badly again. Uh, Is it their fault for treating you badly again, or is it your fault because you never followed through on what you said you were going to do? It's not your fault, really. It's not even your responsibility. But what happens is we end up um, complaining. (laughs) We end up telling our friends how much of a jerk so-and-so is because they are and we don't do anything about it like we said we would and we we wonder why they haven't changed now that doesn't mean the onus of responsibility is on you to change someone else because what i look at when it comes to follow through is um, what i call congruence will you do what you say you're going to do if you do then people will start to believe you more They'll start to, believe it or not, respect you more because you're a straight shooter. You're going to tell them straight up, this is how I roll. If you do this, I will do that. I'm going to follow through. And so it's not that people um, become afraid of you. Some might. (laughs) But it's that people respect you. They understand that you're not going to lie. You're not going to exaggerate. You mean what you say when you say what you mean. And so when you do that, when you follow that line of thinking and that way of life, what ends up happening is you are treated differently and you get the outcomes you want more often than not. It may sound strange, but what ends up happening is that people start to see you differently, view you differently, and treat you differently. Maybe not everyone Some people are stubborn. Some people don't get it. Some people will never get it. But most people will get it. 
they'll understand that, hey, what you say you mean. And I like that. I mean, do you like that in a person? I like that in a person. If somebody says what they mean to me, I prefer that than them saying something else or maybe even people-pleasing, like they're just saying things I want to hear. That's when it gets really dysfunctional because now you don't know who the other person is. They're showing up in a way that they believe you want them to show up as, which I hate to tell you is a manipulation. If you do this, that's a manipulation. And I say that with all love and respect for you if you're like that because that's who I used to be. I used to be that manipulative type. I wouldn't have called it manipulation. I would have called it kind, caring, compassionate, and supportive. I would have called it all those things when I was showing up as that adaptive chameleon to others. I wanted people to like me, so I would show up as adapting and accommodating and wanting them to think that I was like them and wanting them to think I was helpful. And when I did that, I felt like they liked me. But as you've probably heard in my other episodes, if you've listened before, um, especially episodes on people pleasers, we burn relationships out when we show up as a little too accommodating and especially a little too adapting like a chameleon, how a chameleon changes its colors to suit the environment. When you change your colors, you are incongruent. If you're incongruent, people don't know what to expect of you and they don't know how to treat you. If they don't know how to treat you, they may treat you badly. So you will be around certain people that treat you nice, and then you will be around certain people that treat you not so nice. But if you show up as you and not what other people expect of you, then they know how to treat you. And yes, you will still be treated not so nice by certain people. But because you're congruent and because you're showing up in an honest way, a person of integrity, then you know that their mistreatment of you isn't on you, it's on them. It's their issue, it's their challenge. And maybe they don't like you for whatever reason and they have a right not to like you. Everyone has a right not to like somebody else. I guarantee you (laughs) don't like certain people in your life or in the world. We all have a right not to like certain people and we have a right to express that if we want. Probably not always best to express how much we don't like certain people, but sometimes we need to vent. Sometimes we need to gossip. I'm not saying you should, and some people disagree with that, but (laughs) my mom loves to gossip. I gossip with her all the time, Uh, but it helps. It helps to vent it out of your system because sometimes we have this buildup inside of us that we just need to get out and, um, Gossip may be the wrong word, but sometimes it is the right word. <laughs> sometimes that's what we do. Sometimes we gossip. Sometimes we just let it out. We, want, we let out that energy that's building up inside of us. And so I started this segment by talking about congruence and showing up as you are. Be the person that you want to be. And if you've not done that, there's, here's the challenging thing. If you've not done that in a long time or forever and you're not sure how to do that, my go-to when figuring yourself out, trying to figure out who you are, is to ask yourself, what do I like? What do I like to eat? What do I like to watch on TV if I watch TV? What kind of movies do I like? What kind of activities do I like? Do I like sports? Do I like hobbies? What do I like? Just start defining little things in your life that you like. And then ask yourself, what do I dislike? I don't like um, fishing, for example. So if somebody says, well, let's go fishing, and you don't like fishing, it's okay to say, I don't like fishing. (laughs) Or if you want to be a little bit more tactful, you can say, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to decline Uh, I'm not that great at fishing, or maybe you can say, I don't like fishing, or I don't want to go fishing, but I am so grateful. Maybe we can do something else. Maybe we can go hiking or whatever, whatever you like. But this is where 
you can start practicing boundaries. This is where you can start creating structure in your life. This is how you create the structure that makes up your life and your personal boundaries and you learn about values and your beliefs by deciding what you like and what you don't like. Because if you've ever been way too accommodating with other people, you have probably shaped or defined your likes and dislikes by what they like and dislike. If you spent way too long doing that, you forget what you like or you can't figure it out. Which is why it's important to come back to yourself and within yourself, ask yourself, what do I like? What don't I like? Or what do I dislike? And just start creating this structure of likes and dislikes in your mind or on paper or whatever. And um, then you will have a basic outline or personal understanding of yourself so that when someone comes along and asks you a question or says something that you disagree with, you'll start accessing your own resources and your own understandings and your own likes and dislikes and your own beliefs and your values. And all of these things are inside of you, but it does take some effort sometimes for some people to start building or rebuilding these things so that you have the resources to access. For the first 35 or so years of my life, my uh, taste depended on what other people liked and disliked around me. Oh, you don't like that? Me neither. I wouldn't be that blatant, but I would certainly say, oh, if you don't like it, then I, I, I totally, you know, we won't go there. We won't even think about it. We won't talk about it. Basically eliminate what they don't like from my life, whether I liked it or not. So again, it wasn't that blatant, but it might as well have been. That's what people-pleasing and over-accommodating, the rescuers, the fixers, um, a lot of dysfunction in there because you lose yourself. And you know, it's a great word for dysfunction because you no longer function as you. You function as a part of someone else. And you are an individual with your own wants and needs and beliefs and values and all these wonderful aspects of yourself that when you're in touch with them and when you know yourself, know thyself, you start building a foundation of you so that you can show up as honest, as congruent, as a contributor to yourself, your own world. This is how you continue to build onto your foundation. I'm building on my foundation by continuing to honor myself and be comfortable in my own skin and be okay saying yes to that and no to that and I don't like that and I do like that. And then when you have that solid foundation inside of you, when you relate to others, you can show up in integrity in yourself and with them as well, which is why I started off saying, say what you mean and mean what you say. Because when you do that, you're more likely to get the outcomes you want. If you say what you don't mean, or you're a little wishy-washy, or you don't really plan on following through, it's just an empty threat or an empty comment, then what ends up happening is people start to get used to you not being serious. They get used to you not being congruent. They start to see you as someone who can let things slide more often than not. And because of that, then if they want to get away with something, they know they can. So this is what can happen in any type of interaction with anyone, is that when you show up and you appear to be not completely congruent, meaning you don't follow through with what you say you're going to do, then they start seeing you that way and treating you that way. And that's when you really have to consider if you created the scenario of them mistreating you. And I already hear people screaming at me <laughs> saying, you're blaming the victim. No, I'm not blaming the victim. I'm empowering the person that might become a victim of their own doing 
if they allow things to happen. And I'm not saying that we can do this with everyone. There are some people we cannot do this with. You will not be able to thwart every toxic person. You will not be able to divert them from being toxic towards you. There are people that will continue to be toxic towards you, and it won't be your fault. And no matter what you do, no matter how much integrity you bring to the table, no matter how much accountability you enforce, they will always be them. And when they are them, when they are toxic, when they are hurtful, you just have to accept that's who they are. And this is my final point of this segment, is that believe the person as they show up to be. Believe them. That's who they are. That's who they're being. Who they're being is who they are. Yeah, but they're nice sometimes. Yeah, but who they're being now is who they are. Just like when they're nice, that's who they are as well. A lot of people have a lot of diversity inside of them. So, yes, they're nice at that time, and they're nice at that time, and they're awful at that time. And all of that is who they are. So it's like saying, I accept the good with the bad. And certain people, I accept the good with the bad. But I don't want to accept that. That's what I'll hear. I don't want to accept that. I know they're good. And they have the potential to be good. And maybe they'll finally see that they're bad or they're toxic or they're being hurtful. And maybe they'll change their ways. No, this is who they are. Every part of what you see today is who they are. That is the 100% proof you need. Could they change tomorrow? Absolutely. People can change. But who they have been and who they are today is who they are. And so that's why I say believe them as they show up. You've probably heard me or somebody else say that too. Believe what they say. Believe who they are from your experience of them. Don't look at them as someone who has potential. Yes, we all have potential, but believe who they were and believe who they are, not who they can be or will be. That's what my girlfriend says, and I always like to repeat it here. Nobody is their potential. But they have such potential, but until they reach that potential, they're not it. They're not there, which is why it's important to believe who they are and how they show up today. So there's the first part of this show. I hope you got something from it. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be right back. I think I'm probably going to read an email or talk about something, but stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Well, today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy, and I always love talking about BetterHelp because um, a lot of us need it. A lot of us need the service they offer, which is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a therapist so that you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. As I always say, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Now, when I was younger, I was depressed. I had not so much anxiety, but certainly a lot of um, nervousness and worry, what some people would probably call anxiety. And um, it was right after a 13-year relationship ended. And after that relationship ended, my sole source of happiness was in my partner, which is not healthy. It's not healthy to make one person the source of your happiness and your energy. It's nice that they're in your life and they can enhance and amplify your emotions and things like that. But it's uh, I've learned it's not healthy to do that. So when she left, I had no one. I had nothing. I had no source of happiness, no source of energy. And that was a dysfunction that I had to talk to someone about. I had to see a therapist and It was a commitment, both monetarily and time. I had to get in my car. I had to drive to the therapist. I had to see them face to face. And it was very helpful. But it cost money and it cost time, like I said. And I really appreciate and wish I had this option before of BetterHelp Customized Online Therapy. Because I would have been able to talk to them on the phone, talk to them through chat, talk to them through messaging, video conferencing, whatever I wanted to do. And I could just send a message anytime I want. 
just send a message to my therapist. Hey, look, I'm going through this thing or I'm having this issue. Can you help? And then I'll get a, a message back. It's just an easier way to do something that we've done so traditionally for so long. And again, that's why I really appreciate BetterHelp's service. And I want to check them out if you need any assistance through any mental health issue, any emotional challenges you're going through. You know, there are a lot of things going on in the world today and we we want to be able to cope with them in some way. And if you don't have any healthy coping mechanisms, um, it can be difficult to uh, sometimes do it on your own. So that's what BetterHelp is here to do is to help you through some of the challenges. So check them out over at betterhelp.com forward slash brain. That's two words, betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain. Because this episode is sponsored by them, you'll get 10% off your first month. Just make sure to put the forward slash brain after BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain. Welcome back. As you know, I have a podcast called Love and Abuse, and that has springboarded into a program that I created called Healed being and the healed being program is for emotionally abusive people that want to change they want to stop being hurtful to the people they care about and uh, that's over at healedbeing.com if you're interested in that Um, but you know I went through a healing process I was just telling you about my depression just a moment ago and um, a big part of my issue was not uh, accessing the resources I had inside of me and depending on so many other people for my emotional state I mean, if I didn't have someone in my life, you know, romantically, I wasn't happy. In fact, I thought not having a partner made you unhappy. Some people might believe that. You might believe that. Not having a romantic partner makes you unhappy. That's the belief that a lot of people had, and that's a belief I had for many, many years. And um, it took some therapy, and it took a lot of reflection and a lot of understanding of my low self-worth, my low self-esteem, my lack of boundaries, my bad behavior toward the people I cared about because I wanted them to be able to meet my standards, which were sky high, so they could never meet them. So I had bad behavior because I was critical toward them. And I had to get over a lot of stuff. I had to heal through that stuff. And that's why I created the Healed Being program. And I get a lot of questions from that program, and I I talk about it in the support group that I run over there, too. But one person wrote to me and said, I hope you don't mind me venting a little at this late hour. I'm really sorry to bother you, but I had a bad slip-up today. I said things I didn't mean. I insulted loved ones, and I acted out of character. I'm embarrassed, and it sucks because I felt like I made so much progress, and even my girlfriend noticed and gave me credit. But I feel like I'm back at the start you have any advice? I can really use anything. I want to get better. So that was from one of the members of the Healed Being program, that they've gone through the program, they've gone through the lessons, and now they messed up, and they, they hurt someone they love, and now they feel like they're at the beginning. Well, anyone that's on a healing process is going to mess up. That's the problem, and especially when there's somebody else involved, and they've had enough of that kind of behavior, it's even harder because not only you're trying to heal yourself, but now you want to maybe try to salvage a relationship that may be hanging by a string. And so I only read that message because I wanted to sort of answer it right now on, on the air uh, because this, is, this can happen to all of us. We can mess up badly and the person we mess up with will get angry and we think, oh man, I really, um, I really screwed things up. What do I do now? Is there any coming back from this? And if you've heard my episode on apologies, I highly recommend if you haven't heard those, check them out at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. Look for the word apology in the search field uh, or the category on apologies or forgiveness. You'll find a lot of what I think about apologies and how to approach an apology and how to do an apology the right way. But for this person's uh, situation, I'm going to answer it in um, alignment with what I said in the first segment. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Everything you said to me here, I said things I didn't mean. Say that. I insulted loved ones and acted out of character. Say that. I insulted you. It was an insult and I realize I insulted you. 
this is not my character. And maybe you shouldn't say that, actually. <laughs> because if you say, this is not my character, they may say, yeah, right, this is what you do. Instead of saying that, I might actually say, this is a part of my character I want to change. That's what I would say instead of that. But a lot of this, I would say, you say, uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed I did this. It's humiliating to me that I did this to you. You didn't deserve this. And this person wrote, it sucks because I felt I made so much progress. I made so much progress, is what I would say. I felt like I made so much progress, and I just threw it all away. I just got emotionally triggered and insulted you, and I, I just totally acted like a jerk. I messed up. And I felt like all this progress I made, I just threw it out the window. And clearly there are things about me that I still need to look at. Because I, I made all this progress, and now I feel like I'm, I'm back at the beginning. You even gave me credit for the progress I made, and I felt so good about myself. This is a, something else he said. He said, even my girlfriend noticed and gave me credit. You even gave me credit. You even said that nice thing about me, and I felt so good inside when you said that. It felt so good to hear you say that, and now I just feel like crap. And it's not because of you. It's because I hurt you. Why would I do that? I love you so much and I hurt you. That It just makes me feel like there's something wrong with me. I'm not saying that this person has to say all this. Like I'm adding some of the stuff that I would say because putting myself in his shoes, that's what I would say. I would feel like, man, I feel like there's something wrong with me. I learned all this stuff and I was doing so well. I wasn't doing that old, bad, hurtful behavior. And here I am just hurting you again. I treated you badly. And I feel like I'm back at the beginning. And so this person wrote, said, I feel like I'm back at the start. Any advice? I could really use anything. I want to get better. I think getting better requires a huge step into vulnerability. When I just emoted to you, when I expressed all of that, you know, answering this person's email and, and telling you, the person listening, I expressed this from my heart. I put myself right in his shoes and thought about what it would feel like to say this stuff to my girlfriend. I mean, if I really put myself there, uh, I am being as honest as I possibly can be, almost to the point where I am admitting my faults. I am just admitting I need help. It's clear that I need help. If I'm continuing to hurt you, I need help. So this isn't for everyone that's listening. A lot of people aren't abusive or hurtful to the people they love, but sometimes we are. <laughs> sometimes we hurt the ones we love. In fact, I was part of a conversation with my girlfriend and her friend, and my girlfriend was telling her friend how great our relationship was, but I said some god-awful things to her. <laughs> she used a little bit harsher language, but she said, I've said some awful things to her. And I thought, what? When? What happened? I don't remember what she's talking about. I mean, we've gotten into some arguments, but I said some awful things to her. I'm thinking I've never called her a name. I've never intentionally put her down. I've, I thought that everything I do was quite respectful, but still honoring myself at the same time, but not putting her down or making her feel inferior or like a, a, not an equal to me. And so when she said that, it kind of threw me for a loop because I didn't understand what she meant. And I said, what? I said things? And she was talking to her friend, and I didn't want to bring it up at the time. But she goes, oh, yeah, you said things, and you're just having selective memory or something like that. And I decided, okay, I better back off. <laughs> She's talking to her friend, and I'm not going to open up this can of worms. And if she really has some thoughts about that or emotions about it, we'll talk about it later. Uh, and I'll just let her be. But it it surprised me because I absolutely have no intention of ever hurting her or saying bad things to her or about her. That is just not in my mind at all. But she did say, you did say it when you were being defensive. And so, okay, it's true. I, I When I'm defensive, I might say something I don't mean, but... I would never say something mean. I, I don't picture myself that way. But I'm sharing this with you 
because sometimes this stuff comes out. Sometimes we will say things that will be taken in a way, or maybe we mean them. Maybe I said something I did mean. I just don't remember it. But if I'm emotionally triggered, that may have come out. Something that offended her or insulted her may have come out. And clearly to her, it was offensive or insulting. So here I am thinking that I'm no longer emotionally abusive. I'm not hurtful to people I love. Yet during moments, hopefully far and few between, during moments, there are times where I might say something that might hurt someone. Um, Again, I'm just sharing this because even with the best of intentions, even when you are trying to be kind and courteous and loving and caring and supportive to the people that you care about, there are going to be misunderstandings. There are going to be misinterpretations. And sometimes there are going to be offensive words and offensive comments and offensive uh, behaviors and sometimes passive aggressiveness. Not everybody. Some people get along perfectly. But um, sometimes we don't. Which is why I'm talking about this email because anyone can go through this. Anyone can say, oh man, I messed up. So this is the time to be honest about it. I messed up. But you do it in a way that reflects Uh, the deeper part of you, the most vulnerable part of you. I believe it's important that when you apologize, you don't do it to save a relationship and you don't do it to make sure that they stay in your life. That's not why you apologize. I think you apologize because you really feel bad and you want to express that, oh my God, I I feel really bad. And you also admit, I'm admitting this stuff that that I've done. You also admit your faults. I did this, and this is how I feel about myself, and wow, I'm, I'm not a very good person for doing that. And when you're apologizing, it's always about what you did and expressing that you shouldn't have done that. But you do it from a deep, uh, connected space inside yourself that reveals to the other person probably things that you don't want them to see. And that's when apologies can be most effective is that you express something to somebody else that they don't necessarily expect to hear from you. And what I mean by that is you dig deep. You dig deep inside you and you let the other person know that this is how you feel about it and this is how you screwed up. And you admit that this is a big issue that you definitely need to, you know, reflect on and figure out so that you don't do that again, ever again. That's what they want to hear. They want to hear that you're not going to ever do that again. And you got to mean it. It can't be something that you just say. It has to be something you mean. And so for this person who wrote, that's my thought is that you just speak it. You just say it. You dig deep down into yourself and access those deeper emotions of your fears and your anger and Things that you don't necessarily want to reveal that don't necessarily make you look good. And that's the hard part is that when we're apologizing, we might have a tendency to want to make ourselves look good or healthy. But when we apologize and say, look, it appears that I'm not very healthy. You you may may not use those words, but it appears that I might have some work to do. I I have to reflect on this stuff because I, I shouldn't be hurting you. This is a problem. You're actually admitting that there's a problem here instead of saying, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Will you please forgive me? Please don't leave. Don't walk away. Please forgive me. You're making it about them and saving the relationship instead of making it about you and what you need to work on. That's where I go with apologies. And that's where I'm going with this person is that, uh, especially because he's in the Healed Being program, is that he wants to change his hurtful behavior and... In order for someone to believe the person who's been hurting them all that time, they have to know that they are always reflecting on their own behavior. The hurtful person has to be reflecting on their own behavior. I definitely need to work on this stuff. You're right. You're right. I I need to work on this stuff. I'm so sorry. And it's clear that I I haven't progressed, or at least progressed enough. Like I, I feel like I've done pretty well over here, but this is not right yet. This is not healed. I mean, I got angry at you for this reason, and that was 
it was dumb. Again, I'm putting myself in that person's shoes and experiencing what it would be like to be him and what I would say, because that's where I go. I dig inside myself. Don't make it about the other person, even though it is about the other person, but you're really expressing what you need to work on, what you're reflecting on, and some deeper emotional stuff that doesn't necessarily make you look like the, um, the best catch. You know, that's basically what it comes down to. I'm not a great catch in this moment. This is not something I aspire to be. This is not someone I want to be. Wow, I have to work on that. I hope that this has been helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back with my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsor today, BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month today. I also want to thank our financial backers, our financial donors of the show. I call them the patrons of the week and I love you. (laughs) They are John, Chris, Jillian, Michelle, Gemma. Gemma's new. Thank you, Gemma. Good to see you. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Wanda, Emily, I appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, don't take I love you wrong. Just take it right. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you again. I value each and every one of you. And if you find value in the show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com and you can become a monthly donor or a single donor or join the patron program, whatever you want to do over there. All kinds of goodies over there as well. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate all of you. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, you heard me talk about it before. It's loveandabuse.com. I've been doing that podcast um, over a good two years now. Loveandabuse.com, how to create healthy relationships and avoid toxic ones. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com. Just like I talked about in the last segment, that's going to help you change behaviors that maybe you don't like about yourself and especially other people don't like about you. That might be helpful to you over there, healedbeing.com. And thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And um, I like to keep this show uh, what they call evergreen, which means you can listen to it anytime, meaning 10 years from now, the content that you hear today will still be relevant in your life. So I don't get into specifics. There are things happening in the world today This recording airs May 29th, 2022, so if uh, you're listening to this later, you look at the headlines at that time, there's some pretty darn awful stuff going on, and um, it's so hard to come up with words uh, of what's happening. And So what I want to talk about, just for a moment, is the heaviness on our hearts that some events in our life can weigh down on us, the, the heaviness, the, the heart-crushing events that can occur that you may not know how to handle emotionally or even psychologically. You just don't know what to do about it. Some things are just so awful that you just sit there with your heart crushed, not knowing what to do. And um, I don't necessarily have a solution for that. I mean, I heard news a couple days ago, and I, I still can't get over it. I cried. I sat in silence. I think about it now. I start tearing up. It's just awful. But I mention it now because things like this do happen in our lives. And for the people it happens to directly and even indirectly, there's nothing you can say. I mean, you can't say, you know, things will get better because to them, it doesn't feel that way at all. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't know what to do. And so here's how I handle things like that. I just sit with it. I just have to sit with it. I try not to sweep it under the rug. I try not to not deal with it. I try to feel it. I try to allow it to enter my soul, my psyche. I try to let it be in there because it's real. I'm not going to deny it. This is real. And it hurts like hell. And my heart 
is hurting for those who are hurt much worse than I am. And I'm expressing this to you because there's just sometimes nothing you can do about certain events, certain uh, situations, certain happenings in the world. And so what do we do with that? We have to sit with it. We, ha- we just have to let it hit us in a certain way. And it has to hit us. We can't necessarily deny it. It's happened. It's there. And so I sit with it. I reflect on it. And knowing there's nothing I can do, at least in this moment, there's nothing I can do. I just have to sit with that information. Um, I just let it happen. I just let it go through my system. That doesn't solve anything. I know it doesn't. It doesn't solve anything, but I have to process it in some way. We have to process these things in some way. If we're going to make it to the next day and to the next day and um, find a way to continue with what happens in our life. So sometimes there is such pain and confusion about why things happen and it hits us all at once. I mean, everything hits you at once. It's hitting a lot of us at once, probably all of us at once, but it all hits at the same time. Why did this happen? What can I do about it? How do I prevent this from happening again? This hurts so much and I feel so bad. What can I do for the other people that were affected? What can I do? I don't know what to do. And when you don't know what to do, you feel lost. You feel helpless. You don't have a solution. And sometimes, and this is what I've had to learn, is that we don't have a solution. I'm not saying there isn't a solution. I'm saying that maybe you don't have the solution. Somebody might. There are people with solutions out there. Maybe those solutions will be implemented. And maybe you'll be a part of that solution. I don't know. But I don't want you to feel bad or guilty that you haven't done enough, that you can't do enough, that um, maybe you're not trying hard enough, that maybe you should do more. I think it's important to understand that there are some things that you can't solve. There are some things that you can't fix. There are some events that you can't prevent. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try if you want. That doesn't mean you um, can't offer a helping hand to others. I'm not here to tell you what to do or what not to do. I'm just saying that if you feel completely helpless and completely crushed because something major, something painful, something awful happened, that it's okay to be not okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel pain. I know we don't want to, but it's okay to feel it. You kind of have to, so it doesn't go anywhere else. It has to be felt sometimes and just expressed or vented or cried out or screamed out. And some people will turn that into action and some people will go into work mode and just try to work through it. And all of the above is okay. Even if you know you can't do anything or feel you can't do anything, that's okay too. It's okay. Because things do happen. Things out of our control do happen. And with every single measure in place, things can still happen. And I'm not saying that every measure can be in place or every measure was in place for anything that happened in your life. I'm saying that sometimes, even with the best intentions, bad things still happen. And I'm only talking about it from the emotional and psychological aspect because sometimes we have to deal with such pain and not being able to understand why someone or a group does anything. Why do they do it? I don't know. Sometimes we don't have an answer and sometimes we do. Sometimes we have to dig for that answer and even when we find it, it still doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying there's a solution to how you feel about it. I'm just saying it's okay to feel anything you want to feel because at a time of great crisis or great pain, you have the right to feel anything you want to feel. So this is sort of a commiseration. If you're experiencing any pains or any 
thoughts that you just feel helpless and you don't know what to do and you feel like you should do something, but you, you really feel like you're powerless to it. There are people that can do things and will do things. And sometimes we feel like we should do more. And I'm telling you, it's okay if you feel like you should do more, but you don't know what to do and you feel helpless. I'm saying it's okay. It's okay. If the opportunity to do more comes up in your life and you want to jump at it, great. If it never comes up and you just have to deal with it in your own way, that's okay. I'm giving you permission to feel anything you feel and also permission to feel helpless if that's it. I know that's like the opposite advice. <laughs> I don't want you to feel helpless, but sometimes the pain can be so great that you do feel helpless. It's okay. Just sit with it if you're in that space. Thanks so much for joining me today. Let me remind you just to keep an open mind because that's how you step into your power. And it's also how you create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. And if you don't want to take those steps, that's okay too. Because sometimes you just have to sit with it, just like I was saying. But I will remind you that you are more powerful than you may realize. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.